With Long Island local news on Tuesday, August 29th, 2023, I'm Gianna Volpe on WLI-WFM. New York City appears poised to allow Madison Square Garden to continue operating at its present location for another five years following a key vote. Yesterday, Alfonso A. Castillo reporting on Newsday.com that two city council land use subcommittees voted Monday on the five-year extension, which fell short of the garden's hope for a permanent extension of its special permit, allowing it to hold events with more than 2,500 people at its current location on 7th Avenue between 31st and 33rd Streets on Manhattan's west side. But the extension was also a setback for New York City preservation preservationists who've been pushing for the relocation of MSG so that a Grand Penn station could be reconstructed in its place. Ultimately, the council decided to further put off a long-term resolution to the dispute. Quote, at this time, the council cannot determine the long-term viability of an arena at this location. Councilperson Eric Botcher said during a Manhattan hearing, therefore, five years is an appropriate term for the special permit. The New York City Planning Commission had recommended a 10-year extension. The full city council could vote as early as September 14th on the permit extension, which could be granted on the condition that MSG come up with a transportation management plan to address concerns about how the arena's loading operation could conflict with the state's planned redevelopment of Penn Station and with pedestrian traffic. The MTA has said Madison Square Garden is not compatible with Penn and has pushed city lawmakers to force the arena to comply with its planned redevelopment of the LIRR hub, including by moving a pedestrian bridge at the main entrance of the arena and giving up a loading area between 31st and 33rd streets. In other news, after a pandemic dip, lobbying in Albany has rebounded bigger than ever. The amount of money spent on lobbying New York State lawmakers hit an all-time high in 2022, $331 million, according to a report released by the New York State Ethics Commission, That marks a 13% increase over 2021 and easily surpassed any pre-pandemic totals, the commission said. It wasn't just total spending. Everything went up. The number of lobbyists, the number of clients paying lobbyists, advertising spending, and the number of lobbyist-related social events. The top issues included health care, the state budget, real estate and housing laws, economic development, and education. Competition for three downstate casino licenses also spurred about $6 million in lobbying spending. Yancey Roy reporting on Newsday.com that the top spenders were many of the same interest groups that spent the, that spend the most on lobbying in New York year in, year out. Eleven ninety nine slash seiu the giant healthcare union, led all spending with $5.7 million, a related entity. 1199-SEIU United Healthcare Workers East separately spent $2.3 million and ranked fourth on the 2022 list. Rounding out the top five were the Greater New York Hospital Association, $3.5 million, gambling company Genting, $2.5 million, and AARP, $2.3 million. The total spent in 2022 surpassed the state record of $298 million, which was set in 2019, the year before the COVID pandemic hit. And finally, members of Shelter Island's Water Advisory Committee and Comprehensive Plan Task Force will discuss Water on Shelter Island, a comprehensive view, this Thursday, August 31st at 5 p.m. in the Shelter Island Library. All welcome to attend. You can meet Megan Larson and B.J. Ian Fola, liaisons to the Water Advisory Committee and members of the Comprehensive Task Force. It's hosted by the Water Advisory Committee and Comprehensive Plan Task Force planning our island's future. Quote, Water on Shelter Island, a comprehensive view, end quote. It's this coming Thursday, 5 p.m. in the Shelter Island Library. All are welcome to attend. Reading the weather in Huntington in honor of David Cross playing the Paramount Theater on September 7th. Joining us at the bottom of the hour here on The Heart, looking like a chance of uh, showers with thunderstorms 
Also possible after 2 p.m. today, mostly cloudy. Otherwise, with a high near 78 degrees. East wind around 8 miles per hour tonight, a 50% chance of showers and thunderstorms. Patchy fog as well. Otherwise, cloudy with a low around 69 degrees. East wind around 6 miles per hour, becoming light and variable. Right now, it's 72 degrees. We are transitioning from uh, monument tracks to gold tracks. I'm going to bunny hop past Myra. Yeah, I think I am. The lovely sparrows, maybe even, and Lily. No, no. All right. I'm going to bunny hop past Myra. I'll play the lovely sparrows and Lizzie. No, I'll even play Rum Gold uh, Monuments, and then I'm going to move over to Rufus Wainwright, Black Gold from his brand new Folkocracy record featuring Van Dyke Parks. Uh, We'll see what we got after that. Gold songs for you. David Cross, I'm Gianna Volpe, and you, whoever you are out there, you are awesome. And you're listening to Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM. News you can trust, music you love. Should we drive to the coast? Pretend we know where to go. Pretend we know what to do when we get to our room. Should I pack a warm coat? Or will you keep me warm? No, I'm not going to play that. <laughs> this is Lizzie now. Watch the lights come up In the city where you are And I close my eyes and feel the warmth of falling in your arms Somebody cut me loose today I'm on my way I met a girl back east Who said don't trust the weatherman You never know when a sudden storm Is gonna consecrate the land She said on nights like these can hear the monuments Just like us, they're drinking poison, singing what they can't forget Somebody cut me I'm on my way I felt my heart grow wild With every valley that I crossed Oh, I knew nothing of the desert But the fear of being lost And you can't hear
This morning, that was Rum Gold's Monuments from the 2023 record U Street Anthology. This is from Rufus Wainwright's newest folkocracy. It's Black Gold featuring Van Dyke Parks. Stay tuned for David Cross on WLIWFM.
had seen the captain drinking I don't know what he was thinking When he took that stinking cargo out Without a doubt he went too far But he will take us out to sea Eighty thousand metric tons of crude A crew of twenty-one Wore pounding through the ocean Just a jar of screws in motion All the stars rotating in their canopy Black gold rolling in the hold Back and forth in time for every swell Black gold, time would now unfold The heavens fixed upon our last farewell To this black She hit the water with a shudder It had got her And she went down her to utter Was the captain in his cups What's up says in my gut I know we all are doomed She broke up a hemorrhage of oil Gushed a rage of broil From the soiled foil of her hull And she was pulled beneath the waves Into a grave down in the gloom Black gold, my heart is still in pain My mandolin will tell her how I feel Black gold, bounding on the main An agony of ebony and steel All this Christ, I'd say on him reflecting, I'm not sure he'd feel secure with what we're doing here for sure, or want to lead us clear out of this dark. Down the deepest trenches, men is stewing in his stenches, their cadavers hold palaver, and the gravity of their endeavors cleverly convert them into shock. Black gold, nature's upper hand With ladies in Mercedes on the strand Black gold, Hades high command The tar upon her car and in the sand All this Wainwright and Van Dyke Parks leading us to the bottom of the 10 o'clock hour here on Tuesday morning. That means it's a little after 1 o'clock if you're listening to the replay. And that means it's time for our Tasty Tuesday segment underwritten by Southampton Arts Center. We're talking tasty uh, stand-up comedy. One of my favorite things. And welcoming to the show the one and only David Cross. Thank you for being with us. Don't thank you for having me. First, on the radio. Oh my gosh. It's first of all, David, I have to say what an immense honor this is. I was raised by Mr. Show. I came of age to Arrested and Run Ronnie Run is one of my favorite movies of all time. So while we're here to talk about your worst daddy in the world tour landing at the Paramount on September 7th, I've decided to make this intro uh, immensely awkward by thanking you for being a most badass comic daddy to our generation. Okay, I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take, how was the tour? That wasn't the initial part of the plan, but no, sure. No, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like that. How was, 
How has the tour been going so far? Is this the second leg of Worst Daddy? Uh, yes. It's, um, I took the, uh, a big chunk of the summer off to uh, spend with my family while my you know, daughter was out of school. And, uh, and she starts school again on the 6th, so I will be heading out. Back, so, back out, yeah, and then I go to Europe and uh, UK and Ireland. And, and Marlo, Marlo and then, is six years old. Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. So, and, and I know you're not one to focus entirely on one topic for an evening. Is no, it? I don't. I yeah. yeah this is. Uh, um, it was. It was a little bit of a concern. Like I was when I uh, decided on that title, which my daughter. Uh, inadvertently or unwittingly gave to me. Um, uh, I I was a little apprehensive because I was like, oh, I hope they don't think it's like a one-man show about being a dad, which I would would never do. Not (laughs) you. Um, Yeah, if we were to to pie chart this baby, what does the mix look like? um, It's kind of my usual mix, which is kind of a third anecdotal, a third topical, political, and a third just kind of silly jokes. Right. <laughs> Although I would say there's probably a little less silly jokes and a little, well, here's how it, 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 it this wasn't intentional. It just sort of shaped this way as I was putting it together. But um, I start off by talking about being a dad and an old dad, because I'm old. And uh, uh, and then pretty quickly jump off to some other stuff, like within like six, seven minutes. But the idea of of seeing these things that I'm talking about through the eyes of a guy who has a little kid, a little daughter, threads itself through. Not not in a not in like a one man show way, but it just and then it kind of comes back around at the end. So there's two little chunks where I'm talking about her and me and her and what I've, how I've changed, et cetera, et cetera. But in between on either side of those chunks are completely different things, things about the Catholic church, things about, uh, anti-abortion activists, things about, uh, uh, I mean, uh, going to Italy, things about, uh, uh, paying taxes, things about, you know, like all kinds of different stuff. So it just sort of threads its way through in a way that is not overt. And it was, again, not intentional, but just as I was shaping the the set, um, which is, you know, an important part of, of process. Right. It, I, I was like, oh, I, this, this actually, there's, there's kind of a, uh, a little bit of a, a theme poking a f- through here, free, and so a I just free-roaming so I, cinematic arch. Uh, sure. Do these? Do they? And, and sorry, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, nope, well, I'm you. curious. Do do the tours sort of uh, shape themselves as you're as you're playing dates? I mean, how much? Oh, I talk. Yeah, I. I in fact, I uh, I I preface the last the big closer, which is feels very much like a closer with that saying you know when you start off uh, or when one starts off uh, or me i guess uh um you know i ha- i have the it takes a while to get the set ready and and sequence it and i go all right here it is but i'm very uh extemporaneous on stage and things happen and things happen you know uh, just in general to you uh in between starting, I started this uh, like the first week of March right. and, you know, several months have passed. So I've experienced different things and, and different jokes make their way into the set and you got to drop stuff, you know, and then certain bits expand. Like you just, I'll be in Oklahoma City or I'll be in uh, Eugene or Boise and something will happen or occur to me. And then that becomes part of the set. And then because I don't want to do you know, a two-hour show, um, you have to drop stuff. So the so the show does definitely evolve, and that that's true of every show I've ever right. done, every stand-up tour. You know, and, um, and I, I imagine you do some different material for different places uh, because no, diff- I don't. Oh, you don't? No, so, I mean, if there's a story, like sometimes there'll be an anecdote 
that I'll only do in Chicago because this thing happened to me in Chicago that people in Chicago would go, oh, I know that place. That's crazy. But it's not like meant to be. I don't want to take up too much time, you know, with right. and it wouldn't it, nobody's going to care when I'm in Spokane, you know. So there are things specific to the the place or the region. But outside of that, no, I, n- I never go. And I've never done that even when I was starting. Um, I've never gone. Uh Oh, I'm going to Birmingham. Better right. not do the thing about racists or you know, whatever the right. thing is. I, I've never done that. In fact, I'll I I look forward to you know, pushing it, those buttons. Yeah, because I mean, I it's it, it's uh, in some ways more important to do certain jokes in certain places. And it's more fun. And the people that come to see me now, you know, 98% of them have an idea uh, or they're fans. They know what I do and they're coming to hear that, you right. know, and and to feel for, you know, an hour and a half on a Friday night the idea of like, oh, okay, I'm not alone here. I know I'm a, I know this is a very, you know, conservative part of the country, but I'm certainly, you know, there's a voice here that I'm, I get, you know, makes me, you know, uh, feel like I'm not alone in this, having these feelings. Um, And yeah, so it's kind of important that way. And it's what I, you know, I grew up in Roswell, Georgia, and I was, weirdo i was different i was you know my mom was openly liberal and progressive and uh you know it was a heavily southern baptist kind of white christian uh fairly ignorant you know uh, uh environment and and i and so when i was coming of age and there'd be you know anybody that would kind of roll through town or i you know hear their records or something it was like a little it was like going, okay, I'm not alone. There's there's other people right. that think like this, um, and you know, I, I even when shows are going poorly, which have hasn't happened in a while, but like three tours ago, I used to have, I mean, I had lots of people walking out. Um, Why do you think that but was? I what think... was what was going on at the time three years ago that uh, it it was like? Oh, a, a little a little impish. Rapscallion named Donald Trump. Uh, I remember that guy popped up on the scene, and uh, and um, and I don't think people were quite as familiar. You know, I've I've always had my hardcore fans of people that knew my stand-up going back into the early '90s, uh, but those were not nearly as many as the people that were coming, going, you know, oh, it's Tobias from Arrested Development. Let's. Uh, Let's get a babysitter and say, I didn't know he did stand up. Let's go check it out. And then I'm up there, you know, talking about talking shit about things that they, you know, uh, love and and uh, revere. And um, and so people and when I say, you know, if, if there's a theater with 1400 people in it and, you know, 16 walk out, it's not like a massive walkout, but no. it's something you notice, you know, Um sometimes people were pretty vocal as they were leaving but as i said that was like three tours ago so i the audience the you know 95 percent of people who come to see me have a pretty good idea of what i'm gonna do and that was that's was part of the 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 larger political narrative that was going on at the time you know you, you talked about um feeling alone and i and i wanted to talk about part of the proceeds from the tour are going to the Innocence Project. And so I wanted mm-hmm. to talk about that organization because it seems like a pretty righteous one. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, and they're just one of hundreds who are out there, you know, uh, doing these thankless tasks. I mean, they, they get thanked by the, the innocent people they exonerate and, and their families, but outside of that, not so much. And, uh, you know, they're, it's, it feels akin to uh, school teachers and, uh, you know, hospice workers and, uh, um, you know, daycare workers and, uh, um, you know, people who do pro bono work and uh, Doctors Without Borders, like people who are not getting paid very much for doing uh, quite 
literally the most important work that we can ask somebody to do. And, um, you know, they're taking their time for very little compensation and, you know, cause they're good, decent people and they, uh, believe in what they're doing and they're, they know the firsthand, the horrors of innocent people being locked up because of either corrupt people, because of, you know, ridiculous bureaucracy, because of loopholes in the law. Uh, and so, you know, they're doing, uh, they're doing good work. That's, and yeah. I just want to help them out. Because, you know, the average person uh, that's up against uh, such a thing, uh, it, it's like a machine. And, um, you know, as mm-hmm. we saw with the, the pandemic, uh, a vast majority of Americans don't have more than $1,000 if anything goes wrong, let alone, uh, mm-hmm. you know, facing uh, – whoever or whatever it may be uh, that they are being persecuted by. Uh, So that's a beautiful thing. Uh, Very excited about this. I was, I had a tough time putting this together because I'm such a fan. And then I, I tried to crowdsource questions. And then of course (laughs) that just, that just, uh, it's all just like, you know, Scott Jenkins, is running, run, Ronnie, run, run going to come out on Blu-ray? Right. Uh, Kevin, Kevin right. Ellinger wants to know if there's plans to re- reboot, uh, reboot Mr. Show. Uh, I liked this one. Uh, Jared uh, Tramontana worked with you recently and and said to ask about uh, you hurt my feelings with Juliet Louis Louis Dreyfus. Uh, yeah, sure. What do you want to know? Oh, I, tell what me about he, tell what? me about the film. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, I enjoyed it a lot. I really, uh, um, and I wouldn't say that if I if it wasn't true, you know. I, um, but I, I really enjoyed it. I thought uh, uh, Julie and and Tobias Menzies were great as the husband and wife, and uh, and I uh, I loved Nicole Hall Center's uh, movies. I mean, she's they're just that's my it's right up my alley. They're kind of uh, quiet and honest and really funny in a in an uh, in a funny human way and um you know we my wife and I got approached uh about hey do you want to work on this movie and I was like yeah whatever she wants you know uh uh not my wife but Nicole but um <laughs> I was like and uh my wife Amber was very excited to do it and it literally shot down the street and it was just a super fun, easy day, <laughs> and we, you know, and and uh, you know, got to improvise, and uh, it was so. Uh, my wife and I play one of the um, couples uh, uh, that are in the that are uh, clients of the of the of Tobias Menzies, who's the husband to Julie Louis Dreyfus, and uh, and you know, all of his clients were kind of dissatisfied with him. And we just got to be a, you know, bitchy, uh, angry couple. Uh, and then just do all these different scenes that are sprinkled throughout the movie. All right. Well, I can't, I can't wait to see that. Can't wait to see you on the seventh at the Paramount. I did get one great question. It was from uh, Marius Ellingson. He asked about satire. He wanted to to know about mm-hmm. uh, where you think the genre is moving, uh, since so many aspects of uh, of reality are, are so are so bizarre nowadays that uh, it's becoming more and more difficult to satirize. In the that's a great the, question, yeah. and I and I agree with that uh, uh, that idea. That uh, I mean, it's. I think people have probably been saying that for the last, you know, 40, 50 years, but I think it's, uh, like exponentially true now. Um, and how are you going to satire? I mean, somebody will, and somebody will figure it out and it'll be really funny, but how do you satire AI, which in its nascent form is already a satire of other things. Like we've seen like, you know, uh, AI try to put together a, a Dickens commercial. short story, and it's yeah. it, it's like oh that's kind of spot on, and it's really wrong and not good. But 
you know, eventually it'll figure itself out. But, um, I mean, you know, there's, it's tough. I mean, uh, uh, I guess idiocracy kind of nailed it a long time ago without realizing it. And, you know, now you look at it and you go, oh, yeah, that could have been made yesterday. Right. And, uh, um, you know, I, I just, as, as we kind of lose our souls to these, uh, um, crazy lunatic, psychopathic, narcissistic, uh, billionaires, uh, who are all having like, uh, you know, dick sized contests with each other, uh, you know, and, and, and we lose our kind of the, our, just our, our humanity, I guess. Uh, and forget about AI. I'm just talking about other stuff, but, uh, I don't know. I don't know how you, I I don't know. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a really good questioning and question and and kind of depressing at the same time. Time will tell, uh, stay gold, David Cross. I'm going to play a little black Pumas, uh, stay gold from their title record or their, uh, uh, self-titled record of 2019. Super, super excited to see we're steady in the world. Come to Long yeah, come, Island. Come back and say hi. The come Paramount back and, Theater. Uh, and say hi. Oh my gosh, yeah. I will be there. I'm Gianna Volpe. That is the one and only David Cross. This was the Tasty Tuesday segment underwritten by Southampton Arts Center. This is um, Black Pumas and you, whoever you are out there. You are awesome and you're listening to Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM. News you can trust and music you love. The heart of the East End will be back.
Stang Gold in the WLI WFM studio, hopping from Black Pumas to Smooth Hound Smith. It's Young and Golden from Smooth Hound's self-titled record of 2013 here on Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLI WFM. Young and golden, I ride on my way home. The night's emboldened in its battle with the dawn. I think you know, see eye to eye, I don't have the time. Bring you to life Bring you to life Young and golden I make it to your door Raise a fold Hearts and spades all on the floor I think you know See eye to eye I don't have the time To listen to your lie Listen to your lie Young and golden Get high on your back porch See eye to eye I don't have the time Sit I wonder why Sit I wonder why
Smooth Hound Smith, followed by Jake, Golden Hour, a little taste of Pete Mancini's single by the same title, leading you into the NPR news break at the top of the hour. Big thank you to Glenn Hansen, Adam Strauss, and David Cross for being our guests this morning, as well as Peconic Landing and Southampton Arts Center, and all of you, listener supporters. It was just two lovers. Of WLIWFM. Listening to Blonde, falling for each other. Pink and orange skies, feeling super childish, no Donald Glover. Miss call from my mother. Like, where you at tonight? Got no alibi. I was all alone with the love of my life. She's got glitter for skin, my radiant beam in the night. I don't need no light to see you Feet up on the dash, driving nowhere fast, burning through the summer. Radio on blast, make the moment last. She got solar power. Minutes feel like hours. She knew she was the baddest. Can you even imagine falling like I did? For the Like a porcelain doll 